ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Uncomposed. This week we are talking about horror movies. My name is always T. Christie, and I'm joined by Alex Ruger Hello. and Kyle Newmaster. Hey. We are, we are going gordless for the week. We are gordless. <laughs> Even though Gordy himself is a horror composer of note, he likes doing this stuff. He was, he's bummed. Honestly, it's, it's, it's hilarious that he's not here because this is a conversation that's going to be fun. Again, I'm going to be the idiot and be like, so you guys, in what way would a horror score meaningfully distinguish itself from any other movie's score? Is there like a, a style difference at the outset? What is a horror score compared to any other score? It's rather uncomposed. <laughs> hey! Uh, oh, he said it! <laughs> um, I guess a good starting point would be that you know, like in, in previous podcasts, we said that in a, in a very general way, but still a very true way, um, most scoring kind of derives from like romantic classical music. Sure, yeah. And horror, horror music very much comes from... The opposite uh, of that? Uh, avant-garde, yeah. Very, much, uh, very pretty, unromantic. Pretty yeah. much after romantic <laughs> music uh, broke all the rules. Yeah. Shit with yeah. anvils and it, cats it, getting yeah, angry. It, it's yeah. kind of like if, if, if like... If romantic was the hair metal, then after that we got grunge. But in <laughs> in classical music, and they just went way to the extreme. Yeah, it's like, it's like you take the the Stravinsky story about when the Rite of Spring first came out. They had a, there was like a riot because the music was just too extreme in yeah. the time period. And of course, it had something to do with the ballet too and all that stuff. It was way ahead of its time. And way. if you listen, everybody should go and listen to that piece right now. Spend I don't remember how long it is. Like. 30 minutes, 20 minutes? Yeah. I can't remember. And Listen if, to if it. you've seen Jaws, then you've heard something you, look, that is very seen, heavily influenced. If you've seen a, yeah. like probably a million, if you've yeah. seen movies at all in your lifetime, you've heard The Rite of Spring. Huh. Basically, completely outright it copied. It be, became one of those like template sounds that people were like, it, it that, was, that works perfectly for movies. It's like a yeah. really organized dissonant piece written by uh, Igor Stravinsky. And it's one of the best pieces ever written in the history of music. <laughs> I'm, yeah, um, I'm with you. And every composer yeah. studies it like yep. forever, huh. their entire career. What were we going with that? I got excited about that. I Sorry. Well, <laughs> just the idea where it's like, is there actually, when I say horror scores, does a sound come to mind or do just individual yeah, I, sound I, s- I, scores come to I mind? I guess that's why you talk about, uh, to me, it's like you got to talk about eras. I think right now, it seems like it's a little more back into classical music, like it, kind of that era we're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, get, get into composers like Ligeti, uh, Penderecki, um, which you've, if anybody's seen 2001, You've you've heard that music, but it's kind of the aleatoric antique. We talked about that before. It's a great this. word. You looked up the word aleatoric just etymologically for fun. Alia is a Latin term. It means dice. Aleatoric mm-hmm. means music left to chance, or at least where some part of it is left to chance. Yep. So yeah, it's 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 like basically when classical music got bored of just doing things in an organized like way, rigorous, and, like and rigorous formula stuff. Yeah, and they're like, and so what they actually do with the orchestra is they'll say, okay, for for this five seconds, here's the notes you can choose, you know, in the violin section, here's the notes you can choose in the cello section. Mm-hmm. Uh, trumpets, you guys, after they do that for a few seconds, you guys come in with some fast punctuated notes in this range. And so it, it gives them some information, but it leaves it up to chance. And of course, that's just one idea of it. It could yeah. be anything. <laughs> it, aleatoric basically means the composer can creatively think of a texture and a sound, a creepy, scary sound in their head. And find a way to let the orchestra try to. Well, not even. Not even. It sounds like you're describing creepy. the part of rock band where it's like instead of having notes to hit, it just gives you that big fat bar where it's like go nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's like yeah. Where your vocal yeah. parts like. Yeah. And the I thing mean, is, it's such a cool way to make music that I mean, it's still very much used in the same way that it was in 1950. Just like, like scary J- as hell um, and weird number. Yeah, like Jason Graves' score to uh, Dead Space, it, uh, video game. It was. It was pretty much just all that. It was yeah. it was like just aleatoric orchestra. I mean, I think I think going crazy for yeah. any any score I've, I've done a few, quite a few little horror shorts and a couple of features and things like that. And 
every score I do, even if it's very organized, I always set aside a little bit of time to just try weird stuff like that. And inevitably, I end up using that throughout the score mm-hmm. because I have a sound in my head that might work in something, but you don't know how it's going to turn out with the group. You have an idea of how it might turn out, but it all comes down to the group you hire and how they interpret it and the, you know how much time you have to kind of bring the right thing out of mm-hmm. what they're playing. Yeah, just like what they did um, that take. So it's, it's pretty fascinating. Anyway, yeah, I think scores nowadays are kind of going back to that like the, sort of the sparse it, almost thing. what was going on in the 60s and 70s and then it kind of w- went away from that it got a little more organized a little more romantic again mm-hmm. you know like the goldsmith scores mm-hmm. uh you know like we talked about poltergeist a little bit before mm-hmm. this yeah yeah it, it kind of it became a little more organized but yeah. now I, I just feel like scores now are kind of going back yep. to also they're bringing in electronics and doing the same thing sort yeah. of uh uh yeah. it, it, there's added layers of electronics with that on some scores that are which that's something that I always think of as being like a like you see that in Romero movies like Day of the Dead or, or oh, like yeah. there's, there's this weird like sort of synthy just thing like on top oh, and it goes did. back you and forth what? between like effective and being kind of like Don Johnson about it where it you know what we're talking to- I mean you got the, you know the whole John Carpenter yeah, film I mean sound. yeah like Terminator the score oh, the to that is basically yeah. a horror score yeah, yeah, you know? Well, not not the melody, but kind of just the oh, just the usual weird the, atonal the, the acme anvil piano falling the, sounds. Or you yeah. take the John Carpenter, like what, what were the like the Halloween scores? Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. with uh, yeah. actually, didn't he actually co-score it with Alan Howarth or something yes. like that? Or yes. Alan? He's always involved in the scores. Oh god, yeah. Right, we should it. pick. We should pick an era. Let's pick an era. Uh, well, let's <laughs> talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Like the most recent of the modern type of filmmaking where we're away from like the creature and Nosferatu and Metropolis and shit like that. Let's, let's go, let's go Hitchcock. Let's go Bernard Herrmann, psycho vertigo, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's big. That's not, that's not yeah. sparse at all. That's, no, that's the romantic. That's a little bit of the romantic thing I'm talking yeah, about. Too, the, that's that about as similar well, to like normal quote unquote scores as horror movies. There get. is a, there is an important thing to hit on though. The, the other side of horror scoring, which I, I guess psycho would be a great example here is, um, not just the aleatoric stuff, but also the stretching of harmony. You know, mm-hmm. so in romantic music, you know, they they added all of these sevenths and all of these tensions and pretty chords. Yeah, um, and they were just getting farther and farther away from tonality. The further they got away from it, the weirder it got. And so you you started running into people like Schoenberg and and you know sometimes Stravinsky and whatnot, where they they started doing so, you know post tonal music and you know all this stuff. And Bernard Herrmann would kind of just grab from that. He would just grab little bits from that. I was gonna say, do you uh, do you have a piano handy? We can bring it up. Go yeah, for it. Yeah. Well, I was gonna. You could run up there. I could tell you what to play, or Alex oh. tell you to play. Um, there we go. So, we can edit this part out. <laughs> uh, talk again. Talk, 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 talk. Ah, talk, talk. Hey. There's phantom power. All right, talk. Ten, nine. There you go. I got eight. you. I got you. We're square. Okay. So, now we have we went from three mics to five mics in two minutes flat. I mean... Alex at the piano. Uh, Describe the sounds that we're talking about. Okay, here. so if you're talking about, like, a basic, you know, minor chord or something, you know... You, you basically got one, three, five in any key, and that's what you'll hear with some variations, you know, with the melody and things like that going on in most, you know, film scores. When you get to it, like a more dissonant kind of score, you're basically adding more notes into the mix. So um, just add, like, uh, pick a C minor chord, and then maybe add an F sharp minor chord on top of it or something. And then play me an F sharp. Yeah, so you can hear it brings like a dissonance. So it's basically what you're doing is. 
you're adding a completely other key on top of it and at that point you're hitting in this case you're hitting six notes of the 12 possible notes now you can go a lot more dissonant than that a lot of those contemporary classical composers they would actually put up to all 12 notes going out at the same time that sounds but that um, how does that not sound horrifying well it's it's there's a lot of ways to go about it i mean like we were talking earlier about Ludislavsky, who liked chords and had <laughs> who had all 12 notes going on in, in a lot of his music at the same time but he did it in a way that it sounded beautiful actually it wasn't just like putting your arm on the piano it was like spread apart in a way where he was hitting all 12 notes in the chord but it just it was just if you sit on the piano and like go through it you can find a way to make it sound interesting rather than just like slamming down on the piano basically we're talking about dissonance with horror chords we're talking about adding more notes into the mix and so it doesn't have to be like two chords on top of each other it could just be Alex, you want to talk a little bit about that? It could just be adding a few extra notes in the C minor triad. Yeah, I mean, uh, We're getting really theory-ish here. Sure, but. yeah, but I mean, uh, another good way to go about this is... Uh, You're like the helicopter reporter with the traffic now. Certainly, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Another great way to go What's another approach, though? You're talking well, about a new, a, a new a, thing. Another approach is, um, just to prove the point, we'll take something that is very consonant. We'll take a little major chord here. And I'll just keep moving it down the keyboard. So that that's that's this chord, but way down low. And like it just turns into, you know, just mud. There's this thing called low interval limits, which is exactly what it sounds like. When you get low enough, things just kind of start blending together and turning into mud. So, There's like no difference between those notes anymore. You're so down yeah, there. So, so a really, really effective way that people will add tension to these already tense chords. Uh, a guy named uh, Wojciech Kilar, he did Bram Stoker's Dracula, but also a lot of his concert music does this, where he'll take something that is, you know, relatively tense, like what we were talking about, like the, the C minor with the F sharp minor over it, but he will have like a big spread of chords, and down in the bottom he'll have like, like a bunch of notes together where, like he might have those just kind of like, doing that but it's in the orchestra it's this it's like a bunch of strings and stuff and so it could be like you know like the, like those low notes are actually adding all of this color you were just messing around and that sounded perfectly horror movie to me yeah if i could play it all together at once that'd be great but uh i don't want to actually get into the harmonic series right now but there's actually a scientific reason as to why those low notes will actually not just be smearing the sound at the bottom but actually but it'll top. stack it up through that, the it, entire exactly, orchestra exactly and so huh. so that's that's another way that people in horror scores will just make all these just nasty awesome sounds I'm trying to think is there a way you can go up the piano and actually add all 12 notes like above each other not right next to each other but like do yeah. a you know what I mean like show how that would sound I mean one of the classic ways that you would hear this in horror actually is stacked using the the major seventh interval or the minor ninth where um, you know, if you play a C and then a B above the C, that's a um, mm -hmm. major seventh. But then if you play the that C right there and you play the B below it, that's a minor ninth. And so if I were to stack it like that, C, B, B flat, A, A flat, G, F, E. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking like above, like do it and then add it above so that it's... Okay, uh, yeah. I've run out of room relatively quickly, but... <laughs> you get the idea. I yeah. mean, and also you, you hit a good point there. Um, just with the intervals, you could have a simple interval of like a minor ninth, play them a C and a D flat. 
Yeah, like he did that there. Or a tritone has a dissonant kind of sound. Do like a major, a C major and add an E flat on top. Yeah. Or actually, you know, no, even better, a C minor with an E on the bottom. There you go. That's, I mean, that's a great little chord, yeah. Basically, it's taking traditional theory and throwing it all out the window <laughs> and, and just deciding what you think sounds cool yeah. and then devising theory behind it. And, it and sounds like you're talking about being annoying on purpose, but well, having a, having an alibi. Here's the trick. Like, here's the trick, I, Here's though. why, though. Here's why, though. Here's the trick, though. Because, you, yeah, again, when you open up that kind of freedom, you can you can completely be like, okay, I'm just some guy at the piano, like, plunking out right. notes. And anybody All of a sudden, it's that, a nudist right? colony. But it, yeah. <laughs> but it's still, it, it comes down to the composer understanding how to take motives within what they're doing harmonically, melodically, yeah. or specific intervals, and making them recur, develop, and still be treated like a piece of music that's going from one place to the next. Right. So actually, it's, you create your own theory within your score, basically, or your piece that's yeah. avant-garde. You kind of create your own little world of rules. Just to prove that point, something that sounds kind of random could easily just be pretty. You know, if, if I were just to do the arm on the keyboard equivalent just with my fingers instead like it could easily just be like like that that's you know nice enough when, when people will think oh like it's nice and dissonant and crazy it's like there's there's actually thought and order to it there's sometimes actually very strict ways of thinking about it just um, as a weird exercise thought based off of can I indulge you for a second before we go back to the larger conversation about composers and, and movies and individual scores and all that um, play like the uh <laughs> Alex wants his cup of whiskey. Play the um, uh, play the melody for like "Amazing Grace." How sweet the sound! Just that part of "Amazing Grace." Dun 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 dun. dun. It's all pentatonic shit. Right. Dun dun. If you were to decorate that with the oh, shit we're talking about, no, put, put, a score. put a different put a different, uh, different bass note underneath yep, it. Yep. Yeah. So okay. So. So put just put a pedal down that's totally di- in the wrong key. Yeah. Now just like a just a straight up octave. Don't even bother with like a weird chord. Ah! Ah! I mean, for me, one thing I really like the sound of, and a lot of composers do this, is just um just pl- here do this for us, Alex. Play just like a C major triad, and I want you to like play with different pedals underneath it. So play play yeah. it with C first. Ah, that sounds so nice. Okay, now play it with F sharp. Uh, no, but do, do it in a little higher octave so it's closer. Okay. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Now maybe go like E flat. You know, or just play every note for him. By, change, uh, by changing the pedal note underneath it, you define what's above it. And right. so you can make something dissonant by just adding the lower note into a key that changes everything above it. It's like you're just moving the floor around. Yeah, and now it's like, oh, that seems so. Ah, yeah. Uh, ah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, actually, uh, uh, this um, this summer, not so a Stephen Grace. King miniseries event. Um, the score to Fear and Present, Fear, uh, Clear and Present Danger. Uh, thank you. Clear and, fear, fear, and, <laughs> fear and present, fear and present <laughs> loathing and danger. <laughs> um, clear and present danger. Sorry about the uh, the noise on Alex's mic. By the way, it's a it's a weird right, vocal yeah. like mic. That's it's right now we're using it the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else is fifty eights. Um, Sorry, guys. But. Uh, yeah, and that score, they actually do the this awesome thing where it's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's... I mean, the tough thing about this conversation is that it opens up the world of all of classical music after 1880 or something, basically, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and, every, and it's like 
there's so many possibilities to talk about. But basically, it's like complete freedom yeah. and dissonance is cool. And I think that's what it comes down to is that horror films, I think, come down to unlocking that freedom in an organized way. Uh, but you got to throw all, all that, you know, romantic uh, right. classical music, all those rules out the window. You got to remember that there's rules for a reason. But once you know the rules, you can break them. Alex, keep going with that with the scary version of Amazing Grace. Oh, yeah. This is our NPR hold music. Yeah. Hit it. Ah, fucking damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it should be played on a toy piano. I mean, but this cool. is probably the most scattered podcast yeah, yeah, we've yeah. ever done. It's weird. But, I mean, it's because this music is just, it, it really is project to project. It sounds like what we're talking about now is that when you get to a the conversation about what do horror movie scores sound like, the answer is, dude, what do movie scores sound like? They sound like whatever they need to sound like. There's not really a sound. Well, The, 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 the closest thing is that it sounds thing, unsettling. It's just we're about, weighing differently on the emotions. Yeah, That's the all. thing about horror is weird, though. And actually, I, I ran into uh, Brandon's party this week, and I was talking to Ryan about this, where like, I literally just did a horror score. It was a short film. It was really fun. But it's, it's a weird thing where there's this weird line where it's very easy to get tongue-in-cheeky. You can you can very easily it's, it cross over. It sounds big and broad and Ed Woodish. Yeah, because it is it is such a defined sound, even though it's based on so many things. It is still very much. It, it can easily get inbred on itself and and kind of start referencing itself. It, you, basically, any horror score is just one joke away from becoming Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> and, and just referencing itself and just going down this endless rabbit hole. And so that's when I was doing this last score, um, my, my one note was um, the, the film was basically about the boogeyman. I mean, I don't want to go into too much about it because it isn't out yet, but it's pretty much boogeyman. That's there. There you go. A scary and, guy exists. Yeah. And so the, the note that they gave to me was the same brand of horror as Jerry Goldsmith's score to Poltergeist. And, and see that. Yeah. yeah, and the thing is, it's like, okay, so that's the thing, is that horror is very self-referential because horror stories are based on these... The same basic these, primal fears. Yeah, these long-held legends like and myths. stories. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Boogeyman has been around for fucking ever. And, I mean, people still make it fresh. This movie kept it very fresh. But still, it was the same basic idea. And so, with the music, oftentimes you have to do the same self-referencing thing. Where I mean, like they, we as a culture have decided that's what this kind of scary right, sounds like, right? And the specific reference of Poltergeist fit perfectly. And so, talking about uh, limiting oneself, I mean, for this, I, I immediately went, "Okay, Boogeyman, it has to be toy piano. Like it's just that simple. That is a terrifying sound when it's dark and you're just looking at a closet door, and then you just hear this nice little like lullaby." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, it, it's a sound that it's, we all you know. know. I, yeah, it's it's it, what you're touching upon there is it's about instrumentation too. We haven't even talked about that. We were talking almost completely about language and like harmony yeah. and uh, you know kind of rules, right? But when when you have all that, you have to find something to grab onto. And so what Alex was just talking about is ultimately per movie, you got to figure out how do I bring all that in and do something interesting that's still scary as shit, but uh, <laughs> you know, but also pretty at times. And, you know, so that when you do the scary, it's really scary. Because if it's all scary, it's not scary. To illustrate that from this last movie, um, speaking of pretty, I actually, at one point in the movie, there's this great shot. And I knew exactly what to do when it came up the first time I watched it, where you just see the open closet just in the background. 
and it's just like oh shit it's just like, back you, there in like a dark just, square yeah you're just expecting something to come out of it and it never does so you just play the happy version you actually just play the like happy version of that little toy piano did you ever do the major version of that in the film yeah yeah i did actually oh, okay yeah and that's Wait, what, what I does did that there. play it real quick um, i want to know what that sounds like so the the minor version is and so this was um In context, the fucking major chord version is scarier. Right, exactly, because you're just looking at this fucking open closet. See, if you follow like, that, oh, if you follow that with like an, a, a nine-note chord, that'd scare the shit out of you. Right, right. <laughs> Play the major chord and then just yeah, bah, yeah. The cat on the keyboard. Yeah. And the silver spoon. All right, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and especially if we do the the whole like um, like new bass note. So if I'm just playing like the major yeah, do, version do of that, the thing, do, yeah. So it's do like, your thing and add a different bass note. As Alex is uh, relocating, oh, sure. <laughs> just because okay. the mic is uh, it's driving me nuts, we'll swap it out for another mic. Um, uh, but, let me, but let me ask you this question: How often is your job as a composer? And I know that there is a lot more theory that goes into it than play a different bass note. Let's get a different sort of harmony underneath everything else. How often in your actual professional life, with the assumption that everyone knows that you're very good at this? But how often do you just go, fuck it, I'm just going to play just a boom, just a different note, just to see what happens. Oh, yeah, that's And like, then you get inspired by that. How often does that no, happen? No, that's, that's what you do all the time, I think. Uh, I mean, look, you, like I said, you try to create your rules within, like a lot of times when you get a new film, preferably you have some time to play around on the piano and just goof around and come up with your things that you think you can latch on to for that score. Create your own set of rules and your own melodies and motives and things like that. But there's always, I mean, a lot of that is like you're playing around with an idea like Alex was, was there and you try playing it over another tonality, like another bass note, it totally changes everything above it, you know? And so a lot of it for me is like playing around. You got 12 notes. If you're not going standard, traditional, you know, classical harmony, you're not limited to being beautiful. You're not doing one, four or five, one and every possible derivation of anything that leads to that. And you're just doing whatever you feel like that sounds cool, you know, and you're going a little more avant-garde. Basically it's about playing around on the piano or whatever instrument you use until you find what you think sounds interesting for that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that for me has to do with coming up with chords that I haven't heard or that I have yes. heard that lead to other chords. Maybe you've heard all those chords, obviously, because there's only so many chords, but, but maybe one chord leads to another in a different way. But using and, these as like a weird map for a direction where it's like, well, you never go that way with these chords. Right. And that just makes me go, uh, you know, usually you do this to resolve back to that. But it's like, as long as we're here, we can actually go to the right. Let's go over there. Right. Yeah. And I think, it, you know, it, and it's scary and unpredictable. And yeah. actually, this is this is a good time to bring up. Um, and again, I'll just animal rights. This. I know, right? I know, I know. Feline leukemia, people. It's very serious. Yeah. Um, Alex, dude. why'd you bring that up though? It's a weird thing. Um, dude, this is about composing, man. Any, anyways, so I'm, I'm going uh, you, to using weird pivot chords. We were just yeah, talking about cluster is the term yeah. that I wanted to get to. You know, which oh yeah, is, yeah. Yep. Um, so you know, we all know the word chord. Even if you aren't a musician, you probably know the word chord. But past that, people were coming up with discrete combinations of notes that it yeah it was difficult to actually give them names within traditional harmony and so they would call them like clusters or sometimes structures or something like that where it's like well this is these six notes and it could be any number of things by by you know traditional harmony standards we could call it a something we could call it f sharp something just because it it has these notes but not enough notes to actually put it in one category and so Many times, uh, 
a lot of the time if if it's not like aleatoric chance music in horror music a lot a lot of the chords are actually clusters where they're they're just kind of like we've picked that these are the notes that are yeah, in this movie yeah. yeah you might have like the one the flat six and the major seven or something which in mm-hmm. this case if you're in c would be c since the, i'm not useful a i'll flat. go by the piano <laughs> well i'm just throwing out three random notes you might decide yeah. your D, go play your three yeah. note cluster is c a flat and b the important thing to remember about tonality meaning like 99 percent of the music out there it actually has these sort of gravitational pulls between, you know, if you're on one chord, it wants to go to this other chord. That's that's why we have things like pop music. That's why so many pop songs are theoretically the same. They're built on so many of the same principles. Whereas with something like horror music, if you start from a different perspective, a different sort of language, as it were, then whatever structure of notes you arrive on will probably point you in a new direction that you've never been in before um, yeah i think so yeah <laughs> see now we just open up your whole world right you're yeah. gonna sit at the piano for the next month and just like no no, no. <laughs> gotta add that alternate bass onto that yeah there you go oh yeah oh yeah 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 right so it's like there you go already already more interesting uh, all right, well, so let's get uh, let's get off of the the cool theory yeah, stuff. Yeah, this is you know, it's fun. I was, try, I was trying to rein it in there, but, but I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna have my work cut out for me when I'm trying to cut this episode down. Oh my god! Yeah. Let's drag it back to the horror movies specifically. Let's talk about horror scores that we like. Like Kyle, you brought a a, a goddamn ton of discs just for the the purpose well, of inspiration and stuff like that. How did you when I said yo we're thinking about doing an episode about horror scores? Where'd your mind go? Okay, my my mind went okay when I think of horror scores. Basically, I think of you know poltergeist. You know, I think of movies, so I think of Poltergeist, The Shining, I think of contemporary movies, uh, either, you know, like I said, like something like Insidious or The Conjuring, which, you know, were popular movies recently, or, uh, I mean, there's so many different movies. I think about the movie for the most part, and then I think about the score, but... Uh, when you say so that, that, do you mean you think about the movie or you think about the, like, when I've been really scared at the movies moments? Probably. It's like a vibe, because the music has so much to do with the vibe. And yeah, so yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of all... That's one interesting thing about horror films. I feel like the music... Is completely tied to the picture it's, and, uh, and the lack thereof. I, I would yes, say that, that lack of music in it, I mean, it always depends on the particular movie and the particular scene, whatever's going on. But generally speaking, no music in horror is oh, probably super, more super effective than in any other genre. I mean, it's well, like, especially if you've done a whole bunch of shit earlier yeah. that was like really like like scary. And then all of a sudden there's no music. It's like, why is there no music now? Is something going to happen? And maybe and it will, they, maybe yeah, it won't. Maybe they're and so it keeps it, everybody yeah. like on that anxiety. And, and, uh, and then sometimes, you know, it, it's, it's then there's just none at all. Like in I, like Blair Witch Project, Paranormal yep. Activity, like, yeah. oh, that works so well. Like if, if either of those movies had had a score, it would have been a terrible decision. And it would have ruined the movie, I think. So, well, to, hmm. there's... To, interesting. Yeah. To explain why I brought all this discs, so I was mostly thinking about like the films that mostly inspired me uh, Hitchcock on right but there was a whole bunch of other films prior to that that my dad was actually a huge fan of all the old you know scary films I remember him watching you know scary films about giant ants and like you know <laughs> they, mu- the mummies they. and the, the you know the, the, yeah. the, the, the brother of the mummy and the sister of the mummy and the, but I think a lot of those old movies they're, they're pretty scary but I mean there's all, all those old you know 20s 30s I guess 40s films 
But the scores were like totally different, and it was. I figured if we we're going to talk about it, we should at least mention those names. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, some of some of those names actually you wouldn't even. I like Hans Salter, like Frank Skinner. Uh, you know, uh, Frank Skinner. Yep. Waxman. Uh, Goldsmith. Well, on we already talked about Goldsmith. He was a little after that, but uh, yeah. Mancini. Believe it or not, Henry Mancini did a lot of the horror. I don't stuff think of him as going day. that back that well, far. Well, you don't. You think of the Pink Panther when you yeah. think yeah. Yeah. about it. Like I didn't think he was this, no, this he guy. Was, he was like big time studio writer guy. I mean, like this. I got the CD here. I got tons of these old CDs. I mean, a lot. A lot of what happened back then too. So they would have multiple people working on something just to make it work. And sometimes the guy credited it isn't even the guy that wrote it. It was uh, it was kind of funny. Sometimes it was a studio head or like the head of music and it wasn't the guy that actually wrote the music. But it was kind of a hodgepodge of people just writing all this crazy music. But the names I already threw out were some of the biggies and there were a whole bunch of others. And, you know, if, if somebody's writing a doctoral on this that's listening, they probably think I sound like an idiot. But basically, to me, it sounds like coming out of the silent film era, it was them just trying to create the scary music on something and it, it came out in a, in a really programmatic way yeah it's a little like, unsubtle oh completely unsubtle. <laughs> yeah a little unsubtle <laughs> but it's it's fun to listen to so uh well i was wondering about that like is it possible outside of the context of the story that the music is accompanying is it possible for music to be scary oh it's possible yeah. for stories to be scary yeah is it what what one guy that that we mentioned uh before we started was george crumb Music called Black Angels that is just terrifying. I mean, it's it's like, just literally scary yeah, to listen you to. It. Just you don't want to listen to it by yourself in the dark. It's just scary ass music. Uh, uh, there's uh, I, I Threnody for the Victims of yes. Hiroshima oh God, by Pendereski. Pendereski or oh Pendereski. Wait, what the hell is that? Put it on right now. Oh, <laughs> that is man. He wrote music just to just Threnody. like trading on the horror of the moment. Fun okay. fact: uh, Johnny Greenwood of Radiohead fame. Yes, oh, is that, that, hugely. Oh. Hugely into him, and yep. uh, he has a concert piece called Popcorn Superhead or okay. something like that. And, that. and then he did There Will Be Blood. There Will Be Blood. The entire opening of the film, you can tell, is very it's, like influenced by yes. all of those types of composers. And, and the question of can music be scary, um, There Will Be Blood is not a horror film, except it, yeah, it's, the, it's, the, it's a it, drama it, in yeah. the desert. And the music makes it kind of feel like one sometimes it is it it's not horror in the scary the sense the but film. it's unsettling it's just like the beginning of the film yeah. it's just oh, yeah. this <laughs> it's the like looking over the the arch of the roller coaster feeling in your stomach is what you get through most of that movie only due to the music 2001 uh I, it's been a while since i've seen it but when they're looking when the apes are looking at the monolith uh-huh what piece oh, is there's that? that really freaky chord that's pendereki right yeah, I, I forget I mean, who it that, is. But. I remember that being pretty scary. Oh, yeah. Or there, I mean, throughout that film, there was a lot of that. It's weird. I just don't think of music as being scary. Like, the, the closest in my head, and bear in mind, that you've said these things makes me think that I just don't have the right examples in my head. But, like, when I think of, like, music that's scary, I think of music that's, like, a little bit maudlin and obvious. Like, yeah. like, like the Carpenter Halloween theme. Great Like, that's a great yeah. theme, yeah. but it's also, like... In addition to it's 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 trading on that weird little like minor second change yeah, at the very top yeah. of that bit. It's like the, the scary part of that is just that it's a freaky well, pair of notes to it's, play. It's it's attached to a scary thing. Like the scary but, thing about the Jaws yeah. theme isn't that it goes done done. That's not the scary part of it. I mean that's not exactly it's comforting, it's but it's <laughs> but it's not scary. Yeah. There's something he's else. There's something else in it. Yeah, yeah. See, dun dun. Yeah, sorry. That's like. Nope. That's a little da, smaller da, shirt. Yeah. Da, da, yeah. I can't. Yeah, that's, that's Baby Jaws. That's like, that's Gums. That's like the, <laughs> the, the prequel Disney gums! animated, the prequel animated Disney version. 
<laughs> Fake shark babies, they'll do the same for you, gums. <laughs> Duh. Right, in any case. But like the, the scary part about that score isn't just that little device. It's the orchestration and everything that's going on around it. And also the and the weird thing about the Jaws score is that he would also like do things where you get it used in your head where you like you start hearing like that and it's like oh shit the shark's gonna show up in a second yeah. and that happens like the first two or three times in a row like clockwork you start hearing that music and then the shark shows up and you get this weird Pavlov thing where it's like oh shit that music means shark and then there's twice in the movie after that where it's like there's no shark like you're sitting yeah, here like I mean that's well don't do this to me dude like now I don't know what the score means yeah. like I used to be able to trust the fact that I was gonna get scared in a second when this music started now I'm getting scared and the shark's not here. That's a perfect example of horror working on you. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah. All right, let me ask you this. But yeah, I'd say just that general pattern of establishing safe, not safe, and then breaking it is just... That's just horror. What working. is the... In terms of... Now we're going to think of all the great horror scores of years past. Mm-hmm. And now I've had a few beers and we're all refilling our drinks moment. It's like, all right, it might get weird. I have a weird question. <laughs> Considering the horror scores of years past and the challenge laid before composers where it's like, can you please try to do this emotion in my movie? Surely there could be a, it could be described on a spectrum of like, that was the easiest choice, but it was the right choice. So that's fine. But what's like the hardest kind of choice for in one of these scores where it's like, that was a weird thing for him to try to pull off, but it totally worked. Can you think of one where it's like, that's not what anyone was, would have called in terms of that's how the score should go. Because there is very much a genre of horror music. um, And there is, an idiom and whatnot. The most drastic change to that is to not have music at all. I mean, that's that's the times where it's like, shit, that was a great choice. I would not have thought of that, you know. Um, but I think you were asking for specific yeah, examples. specific that's, music examples. Yeah, and I can't tough really one. I would almost have to yeah. research. I would it. say, yeah. at least in terms of ballsiness, especially considering the time. I mean, that I mean, it's it's almost too classic to bring up. But in Psycho, the shower scene. Just going, just yeah, just like break your violins. That's like, the that's, that's the minat, 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 minat. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is just ugh. like I mean. Well, that I had that so moment. Effective. I had that score moment with uh, Gone Girl just this past like, oh, week or dude. two. There's a moment in Gone Girl the where the score, we, the score does yeah, a simple, that, that, a, that, a, sim- that, a similar I, thing. Yeah. There's a moment where it's like the orchestra becomes just like a, a utility. Yep. Where it's like the, we can make that sound. Do you that really was, want that? That's not really score. Do you want to do that? That was a really smart score. I don't want to ruin it for anyone. Goddamn! Did you it like just, it? Oh, you like the score? I, oh, yeah. I thought I thought it was very smart from a dramatic. How standpoint. do you compare I mean, it to Trent Atticus it, well, from before? In terms of like instrumentation and production and all, it's the same Trent Atticus thing. But they the instinct, it, yeah, the instinct but they didn't was write the right. Picture, though. So. Well, then whoever edited it did a great yeah. job. They only they, <laughs> I mean, they just write pieces of Jesus. music, right? And they, I I have no idea. That I mean, right whatever right. happened on Gone Girl worked is my point. Well, yeah, that, no, I, yeah, I actually oh, want to hear it now because it's funny. I heard. I heard both sides of the spectrum. People loved it and people hated it. So. It sounds like Trenton Atticus, but the effect is stronger than it's been so far. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kyle, do you think of scary movies as being limiting? No, I think I, I think you try to put your thing into it, but ultimately they have a pretty good idea what they want. And yeah. so uh, it's fun as a composer because uh, I think it gives you a chance to like go into a different aspect of something that you love. So, so yeah. I find it fun. Not really limiting. I find it interesting to go into a different world than I get to be in. You know, like the week before I was probably scoring a romantic comedy and now I'm doing like, you know, something that sounds like, you know, uh, you know, yeah. P- Pandarecki. It so sounds like you're one of the things that you're touching on. And I mean, like now as a composer coming at it as a 
a task as opposed to an opinion about a book that's already happened. It sounds like one of the things you're talking about is it's kind of nice to have rules. It's kind of nice to sort of know the framework that you're coming at it from. Well, it's what? it's nice to know yes what they no. want. Yeah. But also, you, I guess what it comes down to that uh, the, the discussion that usually happens is like, here's what I want. And then, of course, depending on the budget of the film and things you talk about, okay, that's possible, this isn't possible, blah, blah, blah. But you figure out a way to make it happen. And then... I can rent a water harp and a mic, man. We right. can do this. And I think a lot of cool decisions happen because of budget, though, because it's like, okay, we can only afford to do you know, hire like a string quartet and do like a, we got to find like a, a, an old crappy out of tune piano, you know, mm. and the, you know, or, mm-hmm. or, or, I mean, if you're, I, I like trying to record live as much as I can. I've got and one. If you want to rent it, maybe <laughs> it's missing three hammers, sir. You got, hey. you have to write around, uh, E's and B's. Oh, I'm not going to write around that. Go just, right for it. You're just gonna, you're just gonna, <laughs> yeah. you're just gonna yeah. use like the weird like stump. Yes. It's like, like the E is gonna resolve. So like, <laughs> Actually, speaking speaking of out of tune piano and horror, and just not being in the horror movie, Joker's other theme that isn't the the crazy electric cello. It's the D C C D, and they did it on this this old out of tune detective piano. comics. Yes, yes, that is, yes, they actually, that was on purpose. I know, I know, fuck them. But, um, that's a big gimmick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. But, um, that, that was smart. You know, it just worked. It's just like, it, it, Joker's thing kind of got a little horror-y, and it just, it, it was just out of tune piano. It was great. Um, but, but, yeah. I mean, just to like wrap up what I was saying there, though, like, I think you come up with cool ideas because of, uh, limitations on budget. Yeah. You know, and even if you have a huge budget, sometimes it's good to like say, "Hey, what can I? What great? We got a hundred piece orchestra, but we don't have to be yeah. like hitting you over the head all the time." You try to like recontextualize like, your limitation you know, as a style choice. Yeah, it's like you can yep. go. There's you have more options if you have a bigger budget, but if you have a small budget, sometimes it it hones your ideas in, and you're able to uh, come up with cool. There's honestly for horror, it's pretty cool to record with small groups of musicians, like string quartet. If you listen to classical string quartets, they sound very like intimate and scary to me like if you listen to like, like it's harsh, intense it sounds intense harsh. Yeah, you yeah. hear that you hear the bow you hear all the the subtleties and the tuning you know like even like even the best string quartet performances are not perfect yeah they're just emotional you yeah. know and so you huh. hear you hear all the well, like requiem for a dream just that just that that lead but you hear the uh imperfections and i think the imperf- am, I, am I close enough? You, no, you I, I was turning me down because oh, I feel like okay. I've been too gainy in morning radio. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's Kyle in the gooch. <laughs> I'm the gooch. Great. Kyle's the lead guy and I'm the dude with the bad jokes. Great. <laughs> Awesome. I don't, I, do I have the hair for the lead guy? I don't know if I. Do. I don't know because every time it's I've seen a picture of like or, every time I've seen a radio like morning zoo guy's picture, I've always been like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Back to your thing. Anyway, Sorry. Okay, to hone it in. <laughs> I'm Sorry. Just saying, no, no. With, with the budget thing, I think uh, because again, you, you you asked me initially if it was limiting. You just got to figure out what you can do. And to me, I you got to figure out what gets you excited. Because uh, for me, like uh, figuring out what I'm going to be able to do that's cool is important right off the bat. And so to me, a lot of that has to do with what are we able to do budget wise. Because honestly, we haven't even talked about this, and it's a whole other discussion. But MIDI wise, there are options to do horror films. There's a lot of options. They're kind of lame, but but they exist and they're really good. <laughs> uh, of course, knowing what you're doing and listening to a lot of music obviously will help you make the choices with those buttons. But anyway, I think it's better initially if you have an idea what you want. And, and so back to what I was saying, you get excited about it at the very beginning. You get excited about what you're going to do. 
and then you figure out what you're capable of actually doing budget wise and i think you can like say hey we're gonna get a string quartet maybe a bass clarinet maybe toy, you know like a toy piano or a broken piano mm-hmm. maybe a bassoon contra bassoon maybe a maybe we, we hire a, 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 a you know one really creepy sounding kid singer <laughs> right you know that sings yes. a little out of tune that sounds like you know yeah you know i mean you know whatever you figure the kid out who played voldemort <laughs> yeah there you in go. my head that's just who it is yep this weird damien yep. omen kid with yep. slits for nostrils that's a weird thing i don't i still don't figure out how you hire like you know the scary probably kid? kind of no i'm saying like how you like I've, you know in the past i've wanted to hire like a boy's choir or something it's like i don't know how to do it i'll just do midi because it's like yeah right. it's hard how do you how do you figure and out how to do that actually, go on craigslist and go i need oh. 75 to 90 <laughs> young boys <laughs> paid in cash many young boys um and also speaking of um since we aren't just talking about horror scores we're also talking about scoring for horror i think actually the um an interesting point uh on the you know button pushing you now have a sound a lot a lot of those sound libraries it's like here if you press this key it is a recording of an orchestra going you know and and the thing is on this last score i i i'm Anytime I do anything horror-esque, I'm like, don't go to those. I had to use it once because I wanted to have the sound of um, a bunch of string players just going, just glissando down, just... But really slow. And the thing is... Like the weird analog THX sound. You can't do that without regular... With a regular library, string library, you literally can't do that because yeah, it's written thing, in terms yeah, of like the tr- the it, it has this like, note and that note it doesn't have like the space yeah, in between so, infinitely yeah and so the problem is um so i used x recording of strings doing that and it's like that's a mass produced recording of strings doing that so i'm like the ten thousandth guy to have used that yeah and that's the bummer for me well, is it's, it's like it is a bummer sometimes but you have to well resort it's, it's to time it, for you, you know? to reconcile with the fact that everyone's already they, we've all known you've sucked forever <laughs> Like, sorry, it was a joke. <laughs> it was a joke. Now you really are. Oh, mm. oh, fellas. Chloe took. Oh, she poured whiskey, and I thought it was for me. And then she just went in the other room, and I was like, "This." It's like the thing where, like, the, it's like we're like Looney Tunes, <laughs> Sylvester. We're like cut a slice of cake, and then give you the slice, and walk away with the cake. <laughs> if Gordy was here, he could have been in the corner going, Burr. "Yeah, you know, he, that would have been." Uh, I feel like trombone guys have the mo- the largest opportunity for like the comedy punctuation at a party. Oh, yeah. Like you can be the trombone guy at a party that's like, wah, wah. <laughs> No, can, can we just edit that in later? Just can we just have Gordy <laughs> score like, the Gord. podcast? Oh, he'll do it. And Gordy will just do like, we'll do like two live takes. Well, it'll be great. <laughs> he'll and do it. He's just in the background like, cool. <laughs> All right, this is lame. Sorry. All right. <laughs> So well, let's, what, let's, what were we saying? Oh, we were saying uh, is sometimes it, you give have piece to change. Oh, oh uh, symphobia. Oh, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, the, the well, one of them. The one, sort of, one the, of the, the, co- the cookie cutter horror movie scores okay. that you so, you can't afford. Well, here's the thing. Alex was saying he doesn't like to use it at all. I generally try not to, but you have to demonstrate what you're doing to the director and producer, mm-hmm. and you can't do it without hiring a live group. It's not possible. You can't create this aleatoric... Right. You know, like weird sounds and stuff. It's just not possible. you got to yeah. find a recording... Because midis, midis are designed for people to actually play notes well, on it's them. it's real recordings, people doing these wacky sounds. That's the great thing about those programs. It's like, it'll be like textures and effects. Yeah. High, high uh, textures and effects. It'll be like literally 50, 50 yeah. buttons of pushing of weird textures and effects. So, I mean, regardless if you don't know, and then, then there's like low textures and effects and there's like, you 49 know. underscore zero zero one dot wave. I mean, just a guy humping his violin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, I, I remember on, uh, 
uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Omnisphere. They had like a yeah. they, they had a piano they set on fire and they did some shit too. Nice. I don't remember, but anyway, it, or I think it was that's wacky as hell. Anyway, this is all these samples, right? So you got to be able to demonstrate it somehow, but ultimately you want to make it your own. And so even if you're doing that, because uh, you have to do that, you have to use that stuff if you want. If you if you're gonna record with like a small orchestra or a big orchestra, you got to demonstrate it still, unless they're gonna pay to have a session to show them what it's gonna sound like. Which they're not going to do. Because yeah. you can't do it otherwise unless they totally trust you. Back in the day, they just trusted them. Like Bernard Herman, yeah. Jerry Goldsmith, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go, like, he just was probably on the piano. like, blah, 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 on the piano. And they were like, like, oh, that's what that's going to be. Oh, like, that's fine. That's though. great. That's great, Bernie. Okay, okay. cool. That's going to be awesome. But now you got to <laughs> show you say, it. Whatever you say, Elliot. You got to yeah. show it. So <laughs> so it's it's tough because you do that and then it already sounds pretty darn good. And unless you've got, yeah. you know, and it, actually, the, problem, the only problem is that it's going to sound like everybody else sounds when they do it. That also sounds pretty darn it's good. funny. Yeah. Funny point about that is that every time, uh, like some phobias, again, that's one of the, the, the main libraries. As someone who doesn't know what you're and talking about, you, can't, you guys keep giving like the gesture like I know what that means. What is, what is uh, symphobia? Okay, you it's, can a, spend, it's a string library. You can spend or, 800 well, it's, bucks it's a, or whatever. Yeah, it's a, it's a sam- scary sounding sample set? Sam- sample mm. library that, it's not necessarily scary, it's just a lot of aleatoric effects, which, well, that's you know, part of what it means. Yeah, there's, also, there's a lot of also just like regular strings and brass in it, and it's good sounding stuff. But the funny thing is, is oh, but that it's got like the like easily accessible scary best, sounds. It's got in the best scary it. sounds. So, yeah. So sure. whenever whenever you have, let's say the just the string players all going Neow! all together, um, that is just they just recorded the hall doing that. That's just a great sounding recording of string players doing that. And what's so what's funny is yes, a another string library of let's say like violins or whatever is technically recordings of live players, but you know that it's programmed to, so that you know it gets louder. There's different bow pressure, all this stuff. So it never sounds quite real, even though it technically started life as recordings of a real violin. When but when so you mix it together, it's there's, this, there's it's this always, fake thing that wouldn't yeah, have happened. There's this weird like disconnect between them. So if I have like the my string using the string libraries the for regular music. For lack of a better term, is the point you're getting then, at that these these the, the, the symbiophobias or whatever good. is actually sounds better? Yeah, and then it sounds like oh, I just hired a real orchestra for ten seconds. Now here, here, here's something about it though. Like okay, a couple I things. See. First okay. of all, it does yeah. sound good, but usually you try to replace it if you can, uh, or at least do something creative with it where it doesn't sound like you just pushed a button. Right. Like right. you uh, maybe you combine five or six of them, and you don't just push a button. You like record it to audio and then chop it up and yep. make it do something else yep. or whatever. So you use your ability as a composer yep. to make it do something. To augment Other, your ability as a sound designer, basically. Yeah, yeah because <laughs> if you're just pushing a button, I mean, literally, like, when you watch, like, shows on TV, you hear, as a, as a composer, <laughs> one thing you hear a lot of is this trumpet sound. Goes, <laughs> yes. You hear that on every freaking yes. reality show wow. ever. You hear that on cooking shows. You hear that on... Everything and it's, it's the symphobia. chilling the chilling moment zero zero one dot wave sound. It's a symphony. I don't know which button it is, but it's a symphony. Actually, it's, I think about five or six buttons. But it's a just a bunch of trumpets going. Yep, and you hear that. <laughs> you hear the, that. Um, <laughs> that was perfect, dude. <laughs> I'm a trumpet player. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. He's oh, he's got player. it. Yeah. So yeah, that was you, perfect. You hear that on so many shows, but a lot of that stuff. And you hear like I hear a lot of the high effects. Yep. Violins oh yeah. You yep. hear the you hear the cliche ones that that when the producers sit down they go like, oh that sounds good <laughs> right and yeah I, the VFX the VFX equivalent of that is trap code shine where the god rays shoot through the text and kind of go <laughs> like oh yeah I, well, I look like that and then you do it it's the easiest thing in the world like that looks expensive as shit it's not it's so not <laughs> I feel so I'm a hack just to sit here and tell you that it's not. <laughs> <laughs> 
Same thing. Uh, yeah, anyway, right. it's uh, it, it, anyway, it, a lot of stuff's possible, but you try to make it your own, and uh, I think that that has made it kind of weird though, because a lot of things are scored with. Because it, oh, yeah. cause it, well, it's it's just the it's it's a a genre with room for formula and touchstones that everyone agrees on. Sure, and, yeah. And sometimes it's just the sound of like the cat getting thrown at the piano and going punk. Yep. Yeah, it's like that sounds exactly the sound I wanted. Yeah, and you're like, well, and there's no art in me just mashing my forearm against the piano. And actually, that made me think of something: is that um, Kyle, when you were saying that you let's say that you have an orchestra to do this aleatoric score, and you have to demonstrate it first with the you know some phobia patch or whatever. Just to say, I, it's going to go my like... Worst, blah, 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 blah. My, my worst nightmare ever would be, they go, oh no, that sounds great. That's it, that's it. That, like, Final. Oh, no, that's a real recording of an orchestra doing the thing that we're going to spend money to record. Why would we do that? Yeah. So that's like, that's my worst nightmare. Because, well, because is it because that other composers will hear that and go, dude, that's the well, easiest thing also, you could have done? The way you could best explain it to them is that, yeah, but the problem is you don't know yet, but you're going to hear that in a lot of other scores. It's not going to have... An as, indiv- as soon as you film, recognize this from your own movie, you're going to hear it everywhere. Yeah, your film yep. and your or your TV show or whatever is going to sound like 90 other things. And it, may end, up sounding like, it may end up sounding like the Desperate Housewives of Beverly Hills because they might use that. You know yeah. what I mean? You, you don't, Musical Wilhelm is good. You know, yeah. you... you is that what that show's called? Well, no, That's I'm just no. He's just like it's no, like a musical, like ah! yeah. What's that show called? The, no, the Wilhelm oh, scream. I don't know. Like yeah. The, yeah. it's like the is it the Desperate Housewives? I don't even fucking know. List, some, list, list some housewives sort of, of, of last week's yeah. corner. Yeah. I don't know. A housewife in a place that is mildly anyway. Point, upset point is, is that, that do you want your film about to have first world problems? A unique artistic sound, just like everything else that you did. It's you, a signature. You, had, you know, it's you, a, it's unique. You want it to be artistic, right? So you want the music. You may not realize yet, but that is not artistic, right? So right. you you don't you have this is the first time you've seen a bright red Camaro and you're going wow that looks like a great sports car, but if you just drive around for a second after going like I'm gonna buy that red Camaro you go there's a lot of red Camaros out here. Yeah. <laughs> but see the yeah. funny thing I, I never it, noticed this before but there's a bunch of these cars. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Yep. The funny thing about the music thing though it actually does sound really good. The problem is, is that if everybody's using the exact like literally the exact same thing the exact same button. It produces the exact same pitch with the exact same everything. Yep. You just sound like everything else, and it's lame. Yep. You know, so uh, you have to have you have to be able to explain we're going to do something different with that. And that seems like it's it's specifically endemic to horror scores because, well, because horror scores are the yeah. things where it's like there's a common language of exactly what we're doing here with horror scores, and then when you have something that's that like that useful, like I I already have the machine that can make a button sound. Where all of a sudden, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what it was in my head. Thank you, that's well, perfect. What, yeah, what comes? Yeah, it comes down to because there's so many like agreed upon rules for what this is supposed to sound like. They have to either trust the composer completely that hey, I'm hiring these people and I've got these three vocalists and this piano and these you know a couple no. string players, or you got to go with that because you can't demonstrate what you're going to do right. until you've recorded it. It's not possible. It's so sound effecty and weird textural. Yeah, it's just stuff. not possible to demonstrate mm-hmm. it. So you can only demonstrate it with those programs. But if if they get married to that program. It sounds like everybody else. Yep. So. All right. Horror movie scores that we particularly like and sort of wrap this conversation up the right way with what are the ones that stand out to you? And, and I, I'm actually appealing to you as composers, not you as fans. Mm-hmm. I can give you two examples that are very different. Um, and I feel really bad that I'm actually just brain farting on the name of the guy for the, the guy who did the first Saul score. Oh. That first one is just fantastic for that movie, and that's also a great horror movie. Um, yeah. The rest of the series, whatever, but that first one's just really, 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 really smart. But um, and I'm just I'm blanking on his name. And I, I got feel it. So terrible. The uh, um, the name of the composer is 
Charlie Clouser. Thank you. Yes. Hmm. Um, really great stuff. And then um, another one is... Uh, well, wait, what's going on in the Saw score? Because um, I remember liking that movie fine. Yeah. I mean, it, was like the, it was like the, we show you the stuff that David Fincher decided not to show you in <laughs> 7. But yeah. it's the same idea, and it's, um, it's a compelling idea. It's, the thing is, it, it is... They want us to saw through our it, feet. It, it, very, it, it very much fits into the, like early 2000s aesthetic uh, yeah. um, but just the way he just approached it in a really like if we think of like most of those other scores from that period as being the press a button yeah. with some phobia the Star he, Wars he button did scores. the actual do it and yeah he, goink, he, goink, he, goink. It, he just took a really it just feels very cohesive and very scorish smart and so in your face and so just um, and then another one is uh, just alien which oh, I, I mean, alien. I mean, and, and it's yeah. it's not okay. even. I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. When I asked you the question, I was expecting maybe Alien would come up. I wasn't yeah. counting on Saw. So way to way to like put the interesting lead in the front. Yeah, yeah. but well, um, but the, Alien is the, a terrifying goddamn the, score, the and it's also thing, super atonal. Yeah, the funny thing about <laughs> Alien is that it is not a standard Ching. horror score, and it's not a standard sci-fi score. It truly is a hybrid of the two worlds. It's just this and weird. It doesn't like sound effects no, and scariness. Great. No, there's, it's, it's, there's not reverb. many that are that are that fit so perfectly in those two worlds. You know, Goldsmith was a master. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my god. Oh That's, fuck. Actually, yeah. I, I, I literally like I on my Goldsmith. I wrote a few things down, and on my Goldsmith, I, I have four. That are awesome. Poltergeist. Yep. Planet of the Apes. Yep. Uh, not really a horror <laughs> film, but kind of. Yeah. Uh, uh, the score is pretty freaking scary. I'll tell you that. You yeah. talk about scary music. Go listen to that score. Scary yeah. shit. Seriously, scary. The Omen. Oh, I've still never. Se- I've still never seen The Omen. Well, Dude. listen to the score. I know The Omen. That I'm supposed to see The Omen. I just haven't seen it. Oh and wow. The Twilight Zone, actually, the movie, and yeah. he also scored the show. But yeah. Um, huh. I mean, can we just can we give Jerry Goldsmith just a Wayne's World show wing like? <laughs> Like, Swing. like oh my god because the i i keep coming back to him the the, the more i get into scoring let's use this to I pivot into a, okay. a a concluding conversation about the guys who whether or not they were ever the best at it have con- have contributed the most to those guys have given us a bunch of great horror scores there you go yeah yeah but you're uh, talking about goldsmith here and yeah. the swing wayne's world moment yeah <laughs> what why why him what he ever um, do <laughs> he the the more i do this and the more I learn about it um, the more I realize that everything he did was perfect <laughs> every choice he made was just like that. every little thing she does is, yeah, is magic honestly, every little choice he made everything and he every did, score is just like oh my god it's he, just perfect no, for he, the movie he was great he was truly no. a film he got composer. a little boring towards the end of his career but it still sure. worked a picture really well yeah exactly and yeah, yeah he yeah, exa- that's that's what I'm saying is that everything they did worked so well to picture like I mean, it, like beyond the off, yes it's a film score so clearly it has to work off for topic I mean yeah. Total Recall not at all a horror score one of the best freaking scores of all time man yeah you, ever, you know that one yeah yeah I mean he's it's just like, insane it's like a symphony yeah <laughs> he's but i don't remember thinking perfect. like this music is really out of place when i watched the movie it, it yeah. worked really well yeah exactly but musically it's incredible too yeah yeah he's yeah. he has this way of doing exactly what the film needs and also going eh, film uh do what i want you know like well he, that's it's, that's what poltergeist poltergeist <laughs> yeah. for me uh it's not exactly horror i guess is it horror it's kind of like uh thriller ghost yeah. what, what do you call that i, I mean t- t- uh, horror I mean, in a general horror sense. stuff i guess yeah. it's got the you know the 
that doll that comes out in the tree tries yeah, to eat sure. the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then they got the thing in the closet. Yeah. Well, I guess it's kind of scary. Is Poltergeist a horror film? Yeah. It's kind of funny. It's scary. <laughs> Poltergeist is scarier than it is funny. Yeah. I mean, it's just look, like, it's, I'll tell it's you this. So over the top. When the yeah. iconic image from a movie, in this case, the, the VHS tape cover, is that scary? That movie's scary forever. Like the little girl <laughs> with her hand up on the screen with the snow on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's. Sorry, like you could have a that that show could be Louie, and it's still like, <laughs> damn it, that's still the scariest movie that ever happened. It's mostly funny. Nope, sorry, in my head it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, were, two, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say you were talking about earlier. You're talking about Goldenthal too. Oh, oh, interview with the vampire. Yeah, a great score. I mean, Goldenthal. We've talked about him before he's, on other podcasts. I mean, he's just incredible. He's he's amazing. He's really. Uh, he's one of those guys. He's, he's a hell of a good composer. Who his he hasn't gotten enough credit for well, for being as good as he is he also writes mm-hmm. a lot of concert music and does other yeah, things yeah, yeah he doesn't really try to just be a film composer he kind of is just so awesome that everybody wants him to do everything and so he just does whatever he wants all the time yeah it, so it yeah. seems i from an outside perspective yeah like he does He's a film when he wants sure, yeah. he does he does an opera when he wants he does a symphony when he wants he, he does everything when he wants you know it, it's just like whatever and he's incredible but interview with the vampire he did 15 20 years ago mm-hmm. uh God, wow christopher young you know obviously What's Chris Young done? Grudge 1, 2, Hellraiser, a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, wow. I mean, he's like kind of one of the predominant uh, horror film guys of of like, I think he's probably in his 50s or 60s. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure, but he's been around for 30 years or so. He's left a dent, though. If you look at his IMDb, he's done a lot of horror films. Hellraiser, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, It's weird. This movie's like Hellraiser, or if, if if it wasn't John Williams, Star Wars, where it's like, I don't even think about the fact that someone had to write that music. Oh. It's like, it's like, it's just so like, yeah, that's the music from Hellraiser. <laughs> oh, shit. Someone he had to be a person done, and then write that music. That's I'm crazy. Not, I might be wrong, but he might have done some of the Nightmare on Elm Streets, too. I'm not mm. 100% sure about that. We have to look I, that's that crazy. feels right to me, but yeah. Um, it feels so right? I, I could also... Stop it. <laughs> I could also say that Nightmare on Elm Street would just be like... Could also just be like one of those films where just you don't even like you look at who who wrote it and you're like I don't know who that is you know I like there's yeah. some homeless guy <laughs> I get I guarantee you his last name is Newman yeah oh. well no there's just they're so all many, named Newman yeah so many Newmans they're just, I just everywhere. Gotta get rid of a couple letters in my name and I'm a Newman hey there yeah you know dude yeah Both but you're first, a new master first five letters get rid of the rest new put an N on the end Numa new master <laughs> Numa Numa <laughs> Maya he all right. Number Numa Numa, whatever. Sorry. But what, are uh, the other, what are the other names you got on that screen? I, I, I don't know. I put Max Steiner. I Actually, I looked him up on IBB. He didn't do a ton of horror films, but I always thought King, King Kong was kind of scary. Goldsmith, obviously, we talked about him. Bernard Herrmann, obviously, incredible. Psycho, Vertigo, a million things. Oh, Hitchcock, basically. Yeah, Hitchcock yeah. guy. Uh, like, I mean, like Saul Bass did all the titles for Hitchcock, and then Bernard Herrmann did all the music for Hitchcock. Yeah. yeah. In your uh, head, that's all right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he, he influenced it pretty much all horror films. So yeah, I mean, Herrmann um, is... Yeah. Yeah, no How, one tops that guy. No, <laughs> Howard Shore. Uh, you know, we know him from. Uh, I don't think of him as being a horror guy. No, but the you thing go back, is, he did he the fly. That. You had that plane when I got yeah. here. He oh yeah, the, the fly, Cronenberg's fly. Same, same thing. Same same thing with Peter Jackson. It's like both those guys before Lord of the Rings were kind of like the the horror guys. You know, it's, Peter it's Jackson's crazy. movies are in my head as being mostly horrifying, weirdo, yeah. gross out horror comedies, and then, and then like randomly. suddenly the Lord of the Rings, yeah. which what. <laughs> Like yeah, you know, I think I like Meet the Feebles and and like <laughs> Bad Taste and shit. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What's what's who else you got okay. on your list? Anyway, I got about four down there. Okay. I it was just a random list, but I was let's see. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He's only done a couple of them, but uh, Roque Banyo, Banyos. You know that name? Nope. That's he did bathroom uh, in Spanish. 
he did the new Evil Dead, actually. And uh, I he did, forgot he did that a film happened. that I thought had a great score called The Machinist with uh, oh, yeah. oh Christian Bale, he got super skinny, little skinny Christian Bale. Yeah, that was a creepy score, man. Uh, but I think that guy's got talent in the horror film thing. Tyler Bates does a ton. Tyler Bates is all over the place, though. Yeah, but he do, he does all of Rob Zombie stuff. So he did cool uh, Zack Snyder's first, like we said, Dawn of the uh, Dead. Dawn of the Dead. And it's I, like, but, it's, but he was just on like Guardians. Yeah, yeah but. But here's the thing. Like, but I also see his name every time I see like an episode of Californication. Well, yeah, like, that guy's all over the planet. He's, he's gigging. I mean, but but, but <laughs> he works his ass off. You, you just turned into Jazz Cat Kyle just for a second. He's gigging. <laughs> he's gigging. <laughs> hey, baby. Okay, here's the thing, though, man. He, he one thing he does though. Is, uh, we didn't even talk about this. We we've been talking strictly about orchestra. There's a lot of guys that do interesting effects too, with like electronics and guitars. And sure. He does a lot of looping with guitars, mm-hmm. like you know, looping stuff through amps and and all that, and creating like interesting textures with that. And he, he brings like an edge to his horror scores. Yeah. And that's a whole other kind totally. of horror score. Yep. You know? Oh, it's, damn it. Uh, we shouldn't have limited this to one episode. Well, yeah. We I mean, should have, we should, this should be like, we, the, I like would have to do 31 days of horror. Yeah, there should be like a year worth of <laughs> uncomposed episodes. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we say that every single episode where it's like, yeah, we could go for another eight hours. You know? Well, we just talk about yeah. less. Stuff. Maybe we just like each other. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think we already talked about everybody, man. We already mentioned James Newton Howard, Beltrami, uh, Yep. Do we mention Mark? Mar- we don't think we mentioned him much. No, Marco Beltrami. Yeah. He did. He he got famous from doing Scream. Yep. I think he's a very talented composer. The only score that I really, really, really liked he did was for a movie that wasn't very good called uh, Knowing, which I think is Nick Cage recently. Yeah. Well, like four or five years ago, great score. I I went to see that in the theater. I don't know why, uh, but I it, left. It the was theater. a Friday, and you were you bored. To know what it was about? I don't remember. Just, it's fine. I don't remember why I went, but because it wasn't that good of a movie, but. I remember thinking that score was amazing. In the movie, and, do you, and do you actually go- did you recognize that when you're like you walk out and you're like, well, the movie was fine, whatever. But that score, holy shit! Yes, and I don't normally do that, and partially it's because so I, I saw I never his noticed. Name. I never Parti- noticed that. Partially it's because I've never noticed him before. I've never thought, oh, that's a good score by him before. Beltran. I was like, yeah, and I was like, pr- at that point, and I was like, ah, you know. I didn't see his name at the beginning or whatever. That was like and, his coming and, out party to your and I brain. Remember I, I went and I, I called, you know, regardless today. Regardless. And I, and I uh, called Gordy because he's a good friend of mine. I was like, dude, have you seen Knowing Yet? He's like, oh my God. And he said the same thing. Wow. He was like, that score was incredible. It was a good freaking score, man. And, and, uh, and you noticed it in the theater? There's this funny yeah. thing about Beltrami where like you go, I remember when I learned about him. I think it was actually through Scream. And then I looked at his IMDb. I'm like, he's done every horror movie. like he's he's so all over the place he's done a ton of really cool scores but he's he's just not one of those guys that's talked about a lot uh um, yes nowadays but, a little more well he yeah, also sure. did that western or no he didn't do that western did he did he do a western recently i think he did got him some uh, well i'll tell you this when you pull up on imdb the thing that it says like you know and the way imdb will tell you what their most prominent thing is yeah. is literally just the thing that you worked on that made the most money yeah but when you type in marco beltrama you get uh, Terminator 3? Oh, uh, thank you, IMDb. Uh, but yeah, also Scream, Live Free and Die Hard, iRobot. That's did him? iRobot? iRobot, sir. Oh. No, he's a talented guy, but that, yeah. that scored in knowing... World War Z? Yes. Warm Bodies? Yes. No, I just I just recently watched World War Z. He did a great job on that score. Yeah. 310 to Yuma, awesome. sir. Yeah. The Hurt Locker. Yeah, 310 to Yuma. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Red yeah. Eye okay. is another horror real, film. Real quick, though, before I forget. And Hellboy. Because we haven't even, surprisingly, it's the first time in a podcast we've never mentioned John Williams. But he doesn't do a lot of horror films. Wait, wait, wait. John Williams. John. You heard of him? The, not the guitar guy. John William? Not the guitar guy. Oh, it's. <laughs> you, you, might know him as, you might know him as uh, Johnny Towner. 
He he did the piano. Oh, yeah, the piano. Oh, on, yeah, oh Johnny on, Williams. He went on to do like the Sugarland Express. Yeah, yeah. He also I, did, he did I know who you're can. talking about. Feel around the roof. Yeah, yeah. that's it. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I totally know who catch you're talking about. Catch me if you can. He did Adventures of Ten Ten. You know, mm. those really those big ones. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, he's yeah. up, he, he up and comer. The other one yeah. about space. Sun fights. Last Starfighter, something like that. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> the last Starfighter. <laughs> that score was good too, but whatever. Anyway. Oh god. No, but seriously. Anyway, no, seriously though. The, the only we, we the, kid, but John Williams is a very okay. intimidating man. No, he, he actually did a Dracula score too, but that's not what I'm thinking of. He did a War of the Worlds, which was not a horror film, but was a scary freaking score, man. Yeah. That score. It's terrifying. That was when he was in his, like, using drums in his scores period, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Sort like, of. The Attack yeah. of the Clones thing still hadn't gone there's, away. There's, there's like synths in War of the Worlds. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's more about the intensity of, like, yeah. the, uh, the rhythmic and, and, and the density of, like, the, uh, the uh, ostinatos, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's like, there's just like a chunk, chunk. The extended version of the Raptor Attack track on the Jurassic Park 20th anniversary. But way more intense. Yo! No, that particular cue no, is just incredible. Cue. Yeah, it's fantastic. That's that's John Williams going full horror on on you. Full and horror. Hor- full horror. Bar- the, horror. Guys, we've been in and out of saying horror all night long. Like it's been <laughs> close sometimes, right a few, and then also just it's been horror like nine times. <laughs> that, was, that was straight up horror. Horror. <laughs> horror. Um, is that the yeah. well? What's the let's. I, I need to put a, a line in the sand. We're going to end the conversation yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What's the scariest John Williams track that's ever happened? I don't know. The most, like, that's a horror cue thing that John Williams has ever done. In context or just as music? Well, I'm curious if you have an answer for both, but well, I would, wrote, I would say, I would say actually, I'm, as music. Well, as music, I'd say the Raptor Attack thing, but I'd say that's in context. A, that's the kitchen scene in Jurassic Park? Yeah, yeah. Um, in... In context, but like, definitely Jaws. I would, I would just mm, go straight there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, mm, come on. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's that is pretty intense. It's to freaky. It's in, it's loud yeah, and yeah, freaky. We didn't talk about Jaws really so much, other than referencing it, yeah. not mentioning his yeah. name earlier. But I mean, in context, when you, yeah, the who dark scored Jaws? Is Rosenthal, right? That was that uh, Johnny, Johnny guy again. John, was, uh, John. Johnny Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of that guy. No, I've heard good uh, things. I haven't yeah. listened to it yet, but I haven't absorbed. <laughs> the scariest John Williams thing I can hear of is probably like a score out of like Chamber of Secrets. There's some weird like arch moments in Chamber of Secrets. Well, the thing is, Chamber of Secrets wasn't really him though. That was Bill Ross. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bill. And then it was. But I thought he had lead. I had. I thought he had the title. Well, he did on, arranged by. It's kind of like oh. you know. You know, it's like. Well, did he do? Is as far as any score that John does is 100% John Williams. Did he do 100% of Sorcerer's Stone? Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. So like it was one of those like he came up he, didn't he did sorcerers time. and then he kind of like eked away for the next twenty five movies he probably and was on a couple other projects yeah. or something yeah and I think no I, I think, think he was busy on, I believe he was on <laughs> Attack of the Clones and so Bill Ross went ahead and used his themes like he just scored it as if John Williams was and so it said music by Bill Ross using themes you know arranged yeah it's music arranged we just ended our horror entire thing with Harry Potter. Well, go. I was just saying that there was there's scary cues in Chamber of Secrets, but yeah. now I'm being told apparently that John Williams didn't have anything to do with those John scenes. John Williams, Williams with an A. You're you're almost saying it like like the Canadians in South Park. John Williams. John Williams. <laughs> can I finish? Can I finish? Okay, I'm finished. <laughs> All right, let's let's 
Let's wrap it up. We're going to call that. That was, that was our, that was our, a, that our was weird scattershot rambling talk about uh, horror scores in general. This is uncomposed. You can find more episodes of this and other. Very yeah, pretty uncomposed. uncomposed. Yeah. This is very uncomposed. <laughs> Composure was not had on this episode of Uncomposed. You can find more episodes of this and other podcasts at friendsinyourhead.com. Go to iTunes, subscribe, get a brand new episode of something every single week. Twitter.com slash friendsinyourhead. Facebook, friendsinyourhead, and friendsinyourhead at gmail.com. Go to the forum. It's a great group of people. Good conversations. It's growing every single week. And Holden Hill Design and maintain the website. Until next time, my name is Teague Christie. Alex Boo Ruger. Boo! It's scary. Yeah, ah, right. boo! Hey, and then hey, you're, you're ca- I, like, Kyle Lion Tiger so, New Matthews. Kyle, I realize that could if I say it fast enough, it sounds like it's just booger. <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm Alex Booger. <laughs> okay. Valhalla. Every day's a good day to die. <laughs> and this has been Uncomposed. Thank you very much for listening. Good night. Good night. Friendsinyourhead.com. <laughs>